Welcome to the Nerd Review. This is the show where we talk about movies, TV shows, video games, books, and comic books. This is episode 5, and today we're talking about Redwall. This is an amazing series from 1986 that spans 22 books. It's been adapted into an animated series for kids. There are video game tie-ins, graphic novels. It actually covers all the different forms of media that we cover here on the show, so it's probably one of the best uh, franchises that we could discuss here. So let's jump into what the Redwall franchise is really about. Redwall began in 1986 with the release of the very first book, also named Redwall. It would be the first of 22 books that would later be adapted into an animated series in 1999. There's a graphic novel and video game tie-ins. Um, it, it really runs the gambit of all different forms of entertainment. So the story, the main story, follows... Um, woodland creatures there are no humans uh it's mice moles hares badgers and it's typically the good versus evil story uh the peace-loving creatures uh they want to just live their lives in peace and farm run a community have fun that's their goal and then there are the villains who come in the vermin typically such as rats weasels foxes sometimes a cat uh, there's always an owl or two in there. A reoccurring type of vermin and antagonist was the sea rats. They're depicted as pirates of the high seas. They travel the coast in uh, big uh, wooden ships of, of yesteryear in that style of fantasy. And uh, there's a lot of arg and mateys and sea shanties that are being sung. And they have eye patches and curved sword. And they're some of my, my more favorite characters. They, they appear in um, several of the books, um, different, different versions of the, the sea rats. Um, so that's a lot about the characters and the gist of what is Redwall. Uh, you know, it's a children's fantasy novel uh, series. And so I've read the first four books recently. And I grew up in the 90s, and I was lucky enough, I say that with, you know, huzzah, I was lucky enough to have seen the Redwall animated series when it was airing on TV in uh, 1999 into the early 2000s. And the TV series, it uh, adapted the first three books. Uh, that's Redwall, Matemo, which is a, a child of a, one of the other characters, and I'll get into that in a minute, and Martin the Warrior, which is the spiritual um hero of redwall and one of the founders of redwall and uh redwall itself is actually um the location and and where the the peace loving creatures um the the animals and stuff that's where they live it's called redwall it's redwall abbey um and there's kind of like a monk style apprenticeships uh going on here but it's not it's not overtly religious they don't they don't have um you know, a, a deity or anything that they pray to, but it, it is in that, that vein. Um, and uh, Martin, the warrior, becomes kind of like this spiritual guide to lots of the characters throughout different books. And he does he does speak to them. It is made clear to the, the reader that it's not just a dream, that they're being visited by the spirit, the, the reincarnation of Martin, and they're being guided in that way. So it, it is a little spiritual, and um, it's, it's an interesting uh, aspect to the story, for sure. And the story is told over the span of 22 novels, and it's not in chronological order, so where the 
animated series told uh, the stories from Redwall, Matimo, and Martin the Warrior, as I mentioned, those books are actually, uh, there's a few books in between, and those stories were published a few years apart. And in Redwall, it takes place in one period time, and then um, Matimo is, is directly following that, but there's a book in between that goes back in time and introduces uh, more historical characters. And one of the things that I thoroughly enjoyed is that in Redwall, in the first book, they mentioned these historical characters, and then in the second book, the second book that was published, um, it's not in chronological order as, as we're going, you know, it's backwards in time, but those historical characters that we've already heard about, now we're actually, we're, we're living their stories, right? Now they're the first person character uh, in the story, and we get to live their adventures. And that's something that I really enjoyed uh, throughout, you know, reading these these four books that I've read so far. I have so many more books to read as I'm staring at the list of titles and publication dates right now, which is available, you know, on Wikipedia. Uh, and, and what's nice about the list is that you can sort by publication date or chronological order. Um, as I said, I prefer to read in, in the publication um, order. It's kind of like order of release because, um, you know, the, the hints, those historical characters that are mentioned in, you know, the first book that it was written, Redwall, if you read it in chronological order, Redwall is, falls actually the ninth book. Um, so you wouldn't, it, it doesn't gel, you know, it doesn't, doesn't follow. The, the author wrote it in a publication form, not a chronological order for a reason. It's kind of the same with Star Wars, you know, you can choose to watch it in chronological order, but a lot of people say that order of release is better. Now with that in mind, order of release, that's where I decided to pick up on my uh, Redwall journey. As I mentioned, I, I was fortunate enough to have seen the animated series, so I had this rough idea about uh, you know the plot, the characters, um, which was something that I really enjoyed. When I picked up the book, there was all these character names that I recalled, and it, it is it assisted in my uh, you know imagination because I I had all these amazing um, animated characters that I could you know put into my mind and I could picture these you know the animated characters doing what they were doing in the books and that's something that I really enjoyed and so the first book is called Redwall it's the name of the abbey that they live in and we kind of just pick up and you know this is life we're introduced to Redwall Abbey and the characters the first character the first protagonist is uh, a young field mouse named Matthias and we are introduced to him as he's walking the halls of Redwall, learning to become a, you know, a, a proper member of society, you know, how to fish and how to cook, how to sew, how to be friendly and kind, and just very wholesome, you know, lessons on what it is to be a member of a community. And that's where Redwall picks up. And so we're following Matthias around. Uh, for a while around the Abbey and he's the character that's going to go on this amazing journey um, that I I really I compare it to like uh, the first Lord of the Rings or, or even the Hobbit of you know this this character that's a bit sheltered and he's going to be thrust on this into this crazy journey um, where he has to travel far from home and meet all these eccentric amazing characters and face these perils and instead of Hobbit's uh, we just 
we have woodland creatures. We have the, the you know the creatures of uh, moss flower. That is where they live, the moss flower countryside, and that's where you find Redwall Abbey. And that's where we meet the lovely characters that make the book so rich. These super well-written characters that uh, Brian Jock did such a phenomenal job writing. Um, they really come to life off the page, and it makes it makes reading the books such a thrill when you can um, connect with these characters who just, they're, they're lovely, honestly. I could gush about them for so long. But uh, so the characters, the main characters that make up uh, this first book alongside Matthias. Um, I'll start with the, the good characters. So, um, and I'm, when I say good, I don't mean there are like, like less, I just mean like good people, like they're the good guys. Uh, so uh, we start with Matthias. Uh, he's the young mouse that uh, is going to go on the journey. And then he's being, uh, you know, assisted and guided by Methuselah, who's the historian of Redwall. And then there's Father Mortimer, who's the abbot. Uh, and then th these two are two other mouse. Uh, and then we have Constance the Badger, who's well a badger, and she's considered the mother figure of the Red of Redwall. Uh, she takes care of the Dubbins, which is one of my favorite uh, favorite words. It's instead of youngins, they say Dubbins. That's what they call the young field field mice and all the other babies and infants. Uh, then there's Cornflower, who is a young field mouse that um, Matthias finds himself smitten with. And uh, he wants to spend more time with her and impress her and show her how, you know, fierce he is and how brave he is. Uh, one of my favorite characters doesn't show up until probably halfway through the first book, and that's uh, Basil Staghair. He is from the Royal Regiments of Battle Hares, and he says what what a lot and uh, Terry no, uh, uh, <laughs> trying to remember. Um, so was it that he says? Um, Tally ho, good fellow, and uh, a lot of what what, and he he eats you know everyone out of house and home and Constance's, constant well Constance is constantly that's a mouthful. Um, you know the the cooks and the chefs of Redwall are constantly, um, lamenting about how much uh, Basil eats every time he shows up, and you know the, keep him away from my stores or keep him out of the the the, the wine cellars or he'll drink us dry before the season's out, which is always good for a laugh. You know, it, it I, I love the way that uh, the humor is approached in this, and it's always so funny which can be hard to translate in a book and you don't uh, always come across a book that can make you laugh out loud and have to put the book down uh, because something was just uh, so comical but written so um, so well that it's not it's not a knock knock joke the situation and the way it was written it just reads funny and that's something that I, I really enjoy about these books. And um, while sort of on the topic about, you know, the character Basil and how much he eats, that is one of the things that I have to sing so much praise about is the food and the depiction of the food, the detail, the richness, every opportunity. Um, if the characters, you know, if it's Matthias or Constance or any of the characters are sitting down to prepare food, to eat food, um, the the author Brian Jock he put in so much detail about what they were eating how they were preparing it um, the colors the the smells the richness of it the the smoothness the creaminess the fruits um, so much detail and so much fanfare over the food that it would uh, be enough to actually make an entire cookbook. 
that I'm lucky enough to have. I received that as a Christmas gift last year. And it, that in and of itself is such an amazing book to have. Um, it's illustrated. There are short stories before every recipe that kind of, you know, explains, you know, what was going on in the Abbey and who was doing what and how they came about with this uh, recipe. And it's just, and it's it's broken down into the seasons too. So like you have your your fall recipes or your summer recipes, your winter and your spring and. So if you really want some like wholesome food, uh, lots of it's vegetarian. Um, I definitely suggest looking up the Redwall official cookbook. Now, not an endorsement, but I'm just saying that if you want some good food, that is a good one to look up. And okay, so the story, when we get back to the story here, um, it picks up with Matthias and he's getting these dreams from Martin the Warrior. Martin the Warrior is coming to him in spirit form, as I mentioned earlier. He's trying to warn Matthias that there is danger coming. There are, uh, you know, 'er ne'er-do-wells, bad people, they're gonna come and they're gonna threaten Redwall and the time of peace is quickly coming to an end. So that kind of explains his angst, his desire to, you know, be more like Martin and to show his his braveness because he kind of has this idea that, you know, bad stuff is on the way. And that bad stuff uh, takes form as Clooney the Scourge. He's the first um, antagonist that is introduced, one of a few antagonists in the in the first book alone, actually. Um, there's lots of dangers outside of the walls of Redwall, and once you venture into Moss Flower Country and the, the, the surrounding vicinities that are more explored in subsequent novels. Um, so... The, quick, the, the story quickly picks up. They're having, you know, a festival in the first couple chapters. And, you know, there are some visitors that are showing up. And the the perspective of the book changes. So, you know, uh, at the beginning, we're having the perspective of Matthias and what he's doing. And then it'll switch. And we have the perspective of Clooney the Scourge. And it gives you an explanation and a description of this, you know, this hardened sea rat who has come inland and, you know, has a band of sea rats, an army of sea rats, 500 plus strong, uh, that are looking for, you know, pillage and take their treasures and find a new place to settle down. And as they're careening and crashing through the, the forest of moss flower, they've picked up word of a place, of a big place called red wall that could house all of them and so of course Clooney uh, declares that this will be their new home they will come in and set aside push aside the inhabitants they're planning on murdering them all um, they're gonna take over the abbey and but you know they just they underestimate the inhabitants of Redwall. they assume they being Clooney and his scourge that they're they're peace loving they're do-gooders they don't know what danger is or what violence and war is and that they're gonna just be you know sacked quickly and he'll be able to set up this <clears throat> this amazing castle that's what he keeps envisioning that He's going to have this amazing castle. And meanwhile, he's also having these visions and uh, of, of Redwall and Martin the Warrior and this, this warrior mouse with a big sword. And 
that's I believe that was the duality of you know Martin the warrior he was trying to help Matthias by giving him these visions and he's also trying to um, help by making Clooney more paranoid and worried that you know there's more going on here that this is like this is legend you know you're dealing with uh, mysticism and the supernatural the tension builds uh, for a few chapters. Uh, we go back and forth between Clooney, uh, you know, his perspective as he gets closer and closer and closer to Redwall. Uh, meanwhile, Matthias is is pleading for somebody to believe him that he's having these visions that Martin is speaking to him, and it's Methuselah, the historian, um, that does listen to young Matthias. He. Um, understands that maybe there's more to this uh, you know he's also had some you know visitings from martin the warrior and that maybe matthias is actually onto something here that this foreboding uh is is it's leading to something right that uh, that this needs to be looked into so the two the two mice matthias and methuselah they start uh looking around the abbey for clues there's always been this legend that martin the warrior he hid his magical his this amazing sword uh that he used to defend moss flower when the ori the origins of redwall was being established and it's now it's passed down this it's passed down into legend the story now the two mice um, Methuselah and Matthias they begin in the dining area the dining hall of uh, Redwall which is called the cavern hole and there's this big beautiful tapestry and one of like I said one of the best parts of having watched the animated series is I can I can see that tapestry in my mind because they were amazing artists who drew um, you know what Brian Jacques had written out so if uh, if you're struggling to visualize it you can just you can google it red wall tapestry and there's a very nice um drawing rendi rendition of this and there's been many but the animated series did such a good job so the there's the riddle or a poem or whatever you want to call it is in the middle of this tapestry and uh, i'll give it a read here and we can we can discuss its scholarly merits if you want so the riddle says it goes as this who says that i am dead knows not at all i am that is two mice within red wall the warrior sleeps twixt hall and cavern hole i am that is take on my mighty role look for the sword in moonlight streaming forth at night when the day's first hour reflects the north from over the threshold seek and you will see i am that is my sword will wield for me now i've read that poem uh, probably a hundred times since I was a child. Uh, they recited it in the animated series. It's part of the intro for the animated series. It's in the book uh, a few times. So what they do, uh, Matthias and Methuselah, and you know eventually uh, you know some of the other inhabitants assist them. Um, they start dissecting uh, piece by piece. You know each line what it's telling them. Two mice within red wall, uh, twixt hall and cavern hole. So uh, what what is in between that area is a staircase, and they just dissect it. You know line by line. As it turns out, it is an actual riddle that is going to lead them to the resting place of not only Martin the warrior but his sword, and that besets them on their journey. Um, and while they're doing that, Clooney is arriving at the doors of Redwall.
And Clooney tries to deceive them. You know, he tries to disguise himself as a weary traveler who only has a few, uh, you know, followers with him that they've been traveling for days. He's directed the rest of his army to hide. And, you know, he's, you know, he's removed his big sword and he's trying to convince them that, you know, they're just, they're just weary travelers to let them on in and as soon as they open the doors he's gonna you know reveal his hidden dagger and take over the place and because of matthias because of their feeling of unrest and foreboding they're not they hold off they recognize that he's a rat and that you know rats can be treacherous they tre treacherous they can be you know um not come you know force hence henceforth uh, yeah, they're just they're not to be trusted. Um, so right from the get go, uh, you know, they're keeping they're keeping an eye on him. And if I recall correctly, they do open the doors. Um, and I say if I recall correctly, I, I do remember this book, but I also vividly remember the animated series and they aren't a verbatim. It's not a play by play. Uh, the animated series, um, it does kind of tone down the violence. It is. It's Redwall is considered a child fantasy novel or ch children's fantasy novel, but in my opinion, the novels of 1986 were not the child, the children's novels of 1999 or your Harry Potter. These mice and rats are stabbing each other and firing arrows at each other, and there's murder and and treachery and betrayal. I mean, it stops around there. We don't go into other, um, you know, darker uh, events, but, you know, there's definitely death and it's a life or death situation, which is emphasized in, in the pages of the book that the animated series definitely toned down um, while characters still perish. Uh, it's just not as um, gritty. It's not as this is a is a battle where we're slashing and hacking and leaving people for dead. Uh, you know, they're getting poisoned. They're getting crushed under boulders. They're um, struck dead by the, the blow of that, uh, you know, kick to the face. That was, you know, Basil Staghair, he has these amazing legs and he kicks and kicks and kicks. And yeah, the, uh, the, the pages of the novels uh, could be a bit, a bit dark, a bit much for younger audiences, in my opinion. So Clooney brings this this with him. That's what he brings with him to Mossflower. Because without Clooney and without the sea rats, it would be a children's fantasy book. It would just be a bunch of mice running around, uh, you know, harvesting some uh, fruits and, and vegetables and having a gay old time about it. <laughs> But, uh, you know, but alas, uh, Clooney has shown up and he's bringing with him more time. And so at this point, the plot breaks down into like a plot A, plot B kind of scenario. And uh, one plot is that the, you know, all the inhabitants of Redwall are trying to stop Clooney from entering into the into the abbey. And the other plot is the Methuselah and Matthias are trying to finish the quest. They want to decipher the riddle and they want to find Martin's sword. They believe that the sword is, you know, it's imbued with magical powers and it's going to allow them to, you know, if they bring this back to the Abbey, it will allow them to rebuff and fight off Clooney once and for all. And while they're trying to, uh, you know, decipher this riddle, the line that was repeating, um, I am that is Methuselah and Martin they they realize that it's an anagram and it's an anagram for I Matthias um, 
and if you read that last line, I'll, re I'll read it back. It was, I am that is my sword wield for me. So if you, if you reread it, I, Matthias, my sword wield for me. Um, that's when they, the Abbey really believe that Matthias has been, you know, chosen uh, spiritually, you know, by a grander design that Martin knew that one day Matthias would be here and he would be the successor of you know the warrior of of Redwall, so they 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 really believe him now, and they're putting their efforts towards supporting him to finish his quest. And, and at this point, they believe that the quest is is about the sword. That the sword is magical. It's spiritual. It will imbue them with the power of Martin the Warrior. Um, however, it is just a normal sword. It's quite small because it's you know wielded by a mouse but it's a normal sword um what the quest is really about is that it has you know they have to leave redwall and rediscover that you know they need all the creatures of redwall all the animals of redwall the peaceful animals of redwall they need to come together to push back on the evil you know push Clooney back so first it sends them up into the rafters where they are you know thrust face to face with sparrows who you know most of the time would eat field mice and now matthias has to prove himself to these uh you know these sparrows and this introduces a great character uh, warbeak who's you know right now they're under the subjugation of Ironbeak, this this just rule this ruthless ruler of the sparrow who's led their entire group to tatters that you know he just leads them on constant you know hunting brigades and they don't get proper care and they don't you know he doesn't even care for the elder sparrows who you know took care of them when they were dubbins so there's some unrest in the sparrow community that matthias realizes is an opportunity for him to like prove himself and so they basically established that they're going to do they're going to commit a coup and with the help of warbeak and matthias they they overthrow Ironbeak, and he he flies away. I believe he flies away. I'm not sure if Warbeak actually um, kills him or if he just leaves. Um, but Warbeak takes over. She she becomes queen of the Sparrow, and she decides that she'll help you know Matthias if need be. And so up on the roof, they they realize that um, in the moonlight streaming forth at night, when day's first hour reflects the north from over the threshold seeking you will see so it's a it's the shape of an it's the shape of a sword sorry on one of the roof tiles that's pointing out into moss flower that's what they had to see so that's why they had to go up there and through this they befriend the sparrows who's you know a very mighty group of bird warriors will come very, very much in handy when you're dealing with Clooney and his scourge of 500 plus sea rats so from the rafters, Matthias makes his way down and heads out into Mossflower Wood in the direction that the sword was pointing. And at this point, this is where my favorite character is introduced. We finally get an introduction to Basil, and he quickly befriends Matthias. And you know, he notices that there's you know there's sea rats afoot in Mossflower, and that you need to be cunning and wily, and and that he should stick with him, and that 
you know, he's he's a good person to have along as a companion on a quest. So Matthias and Basil uh, set out in this direction, um, you know, reciting the poem and trying to, you know, figure out what exactly um, it is that they're looking for because they, they just have this poem, right? They're just going after a line of, of poems and they're quickly uh, encounter the Goism, the Goism, the Goism, I'm not sure how to pronounce that one, um, but it stands for the Gorilla Union of Shrews in Moss Flower. And again, it's another group of well-trained fighters who live uh, more of a, you know, on the land kind of lifestyle. They don't have the walls of Moss Flower, so they're used to having encounters with other not-so-friendly animals, rats, snakes, things of this nature. And so Matthias recants the tale, tells him about Clooney, about, you know, Martin the warrior, about the sword, and the Guzm, the Goism, if you want to pronounce that, um, the shrews, they, uh, they, they can kind of get it, and they know they realize that, you know, Matthias is a good, good mouse, he has a good character, he's willing to help them, and their leader, Logalog, uh, that's Log A Log, Logalog, uh, decides that he's going to help Matthias and he's going to help Matthias and Basil, uh, you know, on this last leg of their journey, you know, time is now of the essence and they set out to find the sword, which turns out is in the lair of a snake. It was stolen at some point. They saw the glint of metal in the sky and it fell down into the, the crater that is inhabited by Asmodeus. <laughs> that's uh that's how he says his name throughout the book uh every now and then you'd get the perspective of this this creature and it would just it was just repeating and uh there's a few of of uh Clooney's crew that get uh you know eaten or dispatched depending on which uh if you're if you're watching the you know more PG version they get dispatched if you're reading the book they get eaten they they just get eaten by a snake and um so Log Log and Basil and all of these ones they they go in to the snake's lair and Log Log is unfortunately uh you know he he martyrs himself to save Matthias and takes a snake bite that would have been uh, for Matthias if Logalog hadn't intervened and so this this great hero character um, lays his life on the line for Matthias who realizes you know that this is life and death and that people are uh, you know willing to sacrifice themselves for him and for his cause and so now they have the sword and um, when they return from Asmodeus's lair uh, the Spera the new Spera queen Warbeak um, comes flying in and tells him of you know it's been quite a while since they left um you know first he has to go up into the rafters and before he can even come back down um you know he he's heads out on this next leg of the journey so they've been away from the main battle for quite a while and so spera is here to you know catch them up that Clooney has managed to get inside. He grabbed the gatekeeper. Um, they managed to grab him off guard and hold him hostage. And by threatening his life, he was able to, um, you know, leverage his way inside Moss Flower. And <clears throat> while some of them have, you know, grouped and are still trying to fight back, that it's not looking, it's not looking good. So Warbeak. The Shrews, the Goism, the Gorilla <laughs> Union of Shrews and Moss Flower, Basil and Matthias, they all pack up 
and head back towards Mossflower. And they head back through, sorry, through Mossflower back to Redwall. Uh, while all that was happening with Matthias and, you know, going up into the rafters with the, the Spera and then finding the the Gorilla Union of Shrews um, in the B-plot, uh, there were some other characters uh, that were introduced, and that's uh, Sela and Chicken Hound. So they're foxes, and the idea is that foxes are kind of like in between. They're not they're not outrightly good, but they're not outright evil. They're more um, self interested, uh, nomadic kind of animals. They don't settle down in one place. Traders, healers, snake oil salesmen. And these two happen to find themselves ensnared uh, with Clooney, and they're looking for the opportunity to escape, which quickly presents itself um, when Clooney wants somebody to, uh, you know, infiltrate again or try to infiltrate uh, the Redwall Abbey. So he sends them out in their traveling garbs, and they try to, uh, you know, convince them, you know, the Redwallers that they're just travelers who aren't caught up with Clooney, and, you know, they just need a place to stay. And... You know, the Red Walls, we've, you know, established that Red Wall is not, you know, to be underestimated. These Red Wallers are more cunning than they seem, and they see right through the ruse, but uh, they don't want Clooney to know that. So they allow them to come in, and they allow Clooney to believe that, you know, he's been successful in infiltrating it. But instead, they feed them a bunch of uh, false information, and they send them out to, you know, Clooney to, to, you know, report back, and they report back obviously all the information and so what happens is they just lead Clooney and a small group of his you know best fighters which was part of it into uh, into a trap you know they told them that you know this and the, you know they basically figured out some weak spots you know quote unquote weak spots and if you were you know to hit these weak spots with your best and you know con most cunning warriors you would have an opportunity to break into moss flower but in actuality they've just booby trapped everything and they drop like an entire log on one guy and they drop like burning hot oil on another guy and like scolding water and again the book gets a bit <laughs> gets a bit dark uh you know when they're trying to defend their their home from these these uh pillagers and so that was happening while matthias is away and so when Clooney returns, he's furious with Sela and Chicken Hound, and he has them uh, both left to be executed. And then, yeah, dark. Uh, he has them executed, or so he believes. But uh, Chicken Hound manages to to like get away, um, and you know he goes into the infirm infirmary where he's nursed back to health. And on his way out, when he's you know feeling better, he decides to pillage he decides to steal from them and he's stealing from cavern hall when methuselah catches him and he turns around and just brains methuselah he hits him right in the head with his scepter and methuselah goes down on the spot and dies uh, like it just gets super dark. Methuselah was a great character, just this old historian, his little you know glasses on the bridge of his nose, and uh, so he dies trying to stop uh, Chicken Hound from robbing them, uh, which comes back later. Uh, Chicken Hound, um, not to give you know spoilers to anybody who hasn't read the books, but he comes back um, under the name of uh, Slagar. Uh, you know he's wearing this this mask to hide his face because uh some some more things happened to him um but we'll get in we'll get into that into another episode um so 
now plot A and plot B are going to basically join up. So plot A, the plot B has been, you know, Sela and the Chicken Hound has happened. And so after the failed siege, um, Clooney uh, notices that there is somebody in the gatehouse that, you know, somebody has been looking. Uh, I think they were looking for research and he takes this opportunity to grab them and hold them hostage. And that's the hostage that he, you know, threatens their life and manages to get inside the Redwall Abbey. Uh, that all took place while Matthias was finishing his quest, you know, deciphering the riddle. And uh, so now Clooney has control of Redwall, and this only lasts for maybe a day or so. Uh, there are, you know, inhabitants of Redwall who are still fighting back. And at this point, Spara, you know, Warbeak, the, Spar, the new Spara queen, uh, she's informed Matthias. And so the Goism, the the gorilla, um, the gorillas of the gorilla union of shrews of moss flower, um, they have, you know, joined up. And this big group now of sparrows and shrews and Matthias and Basil Staghair are, you know, running basically at a full tilt back to Redwall. And as they come down the main uh, the main road to Redwall, they start chanting, you know, for Redwall, for Redwall. And the people inside, the inhabitants of Redwall, they hear this and, you know, they know that, okay, now it's the time to push forward and push them outside. And if you were looking, so it's again from the animated series, but from depictions too and the descriptions uh, in the book, Redwall is, is like a big, um, the walls of the fort, basically. It's a big rectangle very big space and you have your green space and you have your orchard and you know there's a lake and there's the main house and then there's the gatehouse and there's many facilities it's a very big area so the yard is is quite substantial uh, square footage and so they push out the sea rats into this area and they get the gates open uh, you know the shrews and the sparrows are you know flying over and they get the main gate open and now all the sea rats are being besieged from both sides right they have the people from inside who have pushed them out just as Martin returns with the shrews and the sparrow. Now, through the chaos on the battlefield, Clooney finally lays eyes on Matthias as he's walking through the main gates and he's wearing his battle armor now that was provided by the Sparas and the Logologs, uh, you know, the men of the Goism. Of the Goism. I always laugh when I say Goism. Um, they provide Matthias with, you know, a battle outfit and he has the sword and he has the shield and Clooney's been having these these foreboding again, like just like Matthias was, but his were about defeat, uh, you know, we and we know that that was uh, Martin the warrior visiting Clooney to try and, you know, play with his head. And up until this point, he's tried to play it off that, you know, he doesn't believe in the spiritualness. He doesn't believe in prophecy. He is Clooney, the 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 ruthless, the scourge. And he has, you know, his warrior rats and that they will be victorious. And now he, you know, he lies, he lays eyes on Matthias walking up, you know, running towards him, chanting for Redwall, and he just loses it. All of his muster, all of his his bravado, it's gone. He's paranoid. He, he's afraid of dying. And he just turns into a huge coward. He's throwing over, you know, knocking over his own crew members, pushing them in front of him, you know, onto swords in front of arrows. And he's trying to run to the other side of the red wall perimeter to get out through the bell, the bell hall, the bell gate, the wherever they, they hold the, the big bells, you know, it's an abbey, they have bells. And 
as he comes through the door, he crashes into Father Mortimer, who is the last um, victim of Clooney. He uses his tail that has like a barbed uh, spike at the end, and he slashes uh, Father Mortimer. And while he's occupied with Father Mortimer, who, again, another mortar, uh, martyr character, uh, he did this on purpose to give Matthias and the others an opportunity to catch up through the battlefield. And when he strikes down Mortimer, uh, Matthias cuts the ropes for the great bell and it comes crashing down on top of Clooney and smushes him dead. And Father Mortimer has enough life left in him to declare that, you know, victory for Redwall and that Martin has been reborn in Matthias and that Matthias has been given the title of Warrior of Redwall what he had, you know, what that young Dubbin had sent out, had set out to become uh, the beginning of this journey. And that that wraps up uh, the main uh, portion of the story. So they, all the other sea rats just run for it. Uh, any of the ones that were left alive, they see the bell crush Clooney. They see the reincarnation, Matthias, you know, dressed like Martin with his big sword and his shield. And they all just drop their weapons and run away. Which leads to just the last couple of chapters of the book. So the war, the battle is over and they were victorious. Uh, you know, they lost uh, a few really, you know, close members of their, their family. Uh, you know, Mortimer and Methuselah passed on. And there was countless other uh, Redwall inhabitants that perished during the battle and gave their life for Matthias, you know, the, the goism, the goism, the gorilla union of shrews and moss flower. They lost uh, their leader, Log Log. They had to name a new leader. Um, the Spera have now uh, created an alliance with the inhabitants of Redwall. And in exchange for, you know, parts of their, their harvest and being provided with worms and fish and fruit and all of that, the Spera uh, vowed to not eat the mice or the inhabitants of Redwall and also provide protection uh, from the rafters. They can see out into the forest and it's a good, you know, reciprocation of we, you know, Matthias helped overthrow, he did, you know, he had a little coup there with Warbeak to get rid of Iron Ironbeak, the ruthless leader of the, the Spera and, and now everybody is uh, in a better place than they started. Um, the the people of Redwall are reminded of what it you know what it costs to have this peacefulness that they lost you know their abbot they lost their historian they lost friends um, they some of them received you know injuries scars battle uh, the lessons of war were taught the 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 peaceful creatures of Mossflower. And the first book ends with a really nice, uh, really well-written epilogue that reveals that, uh, you know, Matthias finally got together with Cornflower and they have their own little dubbin uh, and they, they name him Matimo, which I mentioned earlier on is the name of one of the next books. Uh, the name Matimo is a combination of Matthias, Methuselah, and Mortimer. Uh, so they, they combined all those names into Matimo. Uh, so he's one. So he's the namesake and the main character of one of the next books. I believe it was the third book. So the second book would go into um, the past, and we were introduced to Martin the Warrior, and you get to follow him along, and you get to find out about the actual starting of Redwall, 
which is really cool. And then right after that, we go, it's a direct continuation of Redwall. So not direct. Uh, we skip a few years and uh, Matimo is basically the same age that Matthias is in this book. And the story just gets amazing. It ramps up so much. Um, it's more of a adventure outside of Redwall. And every now and then, every few chapters, they come back. And, you know, this is what's happening in Redwall. But all of the antagonist and the danger lies outside of Redwall in the next... That's the third book. And then the the prequel, the next book, book two, is, is a prequel that takes place before Redwall. So, like, there can't be danger inside Redwall when Redwall doesn't exist. <laughs> and that's just really the 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 tip of an an amazing franchise. So that was that was Redwall. Um and which is also captured. So that first um novel is captured in the animated series from 1999. And the story is just so well put together. Um, so the, the animated series also does uh, go on to include Martin, the, the story of Martin the Warrior, which is actually like the fifth book released. I haven't even read that one, um, but it also covers Matimo. Um, so you'd have to look at the seasons and which episodes cover which parts if you're going to do a compare and contrast, um, which is actually what I do and what I did. So, you know, after reading the Redwall uh, novel, I quickly went back and scoured the internet so that I could find um you know a streaming copy or a dvd copy of the redwall animated series and i watched it and i i loved i loved re-watching it it was such a nostalgic trip and doing a nice compare and contrast you can see some of the things that were different um they they changed boiling water uh you know they poured boiling water on the rats they changed that for porridge um they don't outright you know murder and well not murder but they don't like stab them through the chest with a sword happens quite often in the book um and just standard things it, i mentioned it earlier that it was being adapted for um and it's it's a children's show it was adapted for uh, children and it was aired on teletoon um originally aired on teletoon we'll give a shout out to canada it was a canadian animated adaption of this child's children's fantasy book um and so from here we have, uh, I'm going to read the next book is Salamandstrun. Um, I think I'm pronouncing that right. It is a big ass mountain that's far off in uh, even past uh, Mossflower country. So as the books go on, uh, characters uh, leave Mossflower. Uh, some of them uh, don't even originate in Mossflower. They take place uh, on islands or in other areas of this, you know, fantasiful uh, world, this country area that exists. And that's the story of Redwall, the very first uh, book, the first novel in the Redwall franchise that spans... 22 books, uh, a handful of graphic novels, a few video game tie-ins, um, just an amazing amount of, of fiction, entertainment uh, that is really gripping and really well-written and has been adapted uh, in some really entertaining ways. And one of the 
the really exciting parts uh, if you're a Redwall fan or if you're looking for something new because um, there's a lot there's a lot of content here to get through if you want to read all 22 books and just be a be a true Redwaller in that sense uh, one of the cool things I mentioned early on too is that uh, Netflix in 2019 they bought the rights to all 22 books so they're adapting that into series uh, I think right now the 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 promise or whatever it is that they they the, the terminology they use in that realm is that the content that they want to adapt it into is multiple series and movies so there is so much they could do you know a prequel series they could do the red wall they could do they could focus on martin the warrior they could focus on matthias they could focus on the badgers they could focus on basil and the royal regiment of of stags there's the mind almost boggles when you consider it. it's it's it basically as if they had their own version of um you know lord of the rings right now the 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 lord of the Rings series just premiered on amazon and in my opinion this is super similar it's right up that alley so if you're a lord of the rings fan I recommend checking out Red Wall. It's a little bit, you know, lower. It's a little bit uh, easier on the reading list. Uh, Tolkien can be pretty complex uh, in his writing style. Uh, this was aimed at a younger audience. So while again, I say it's pretty dark. Maybe don't give it to an eight-year-old. Um, but uh, if if you're uh, you know a fan of fantasy and you like anthropomorphized animals great series i honestly can't say that enough it is such a great series i am so excited to read the fifth book in this series and that's you know how much more can i say about it just go out and read this book and while you're at it keep listening to the nerd review for more amazing content like this so that's a wrap for episode five you're listening to the nerd review this is the show where we talk about movies tv shows video games books and comic books this has been episode five and we've been talking about redwall i hope you've enjoyed the episode and i hope you come back for more until next time this is the nerd signing off